0: Yeah, so people seem to think that after COVID, the world would go back to normal. But uh, according to Klaus Schwab, the head of the Economic World Economic Forum, he said there is not going to be a normal, right? Um, so there's not going to be a new normal. There's going to be uh, an upgraded new idea of normal, right? And that, that's kind of what we're experiencing now. You know, we've got warfare, and then with warfare comes this really the cover story Uh, for various levels of collapse, which have already occurred based on the COVID hysteria. And so just as you thought that maybe you were getting out of this, trying to think you were getting out of it alive, or that life would just return back to normal and you can go about normal life, um, it's just not going to be the case. And so today we're going to cover some of these various things, as well as some more positive things to talk about, which have to deal with your microbiome. And a lot of people have been learning about the microbiome and various different uh, new studies coming out about the health of your gut and how impactful it may be on the effects of various organ systems in the body, um, as well as your immune system and uh, just your overall feeling uh, of health and vitality in general. So we're going to go over a couple different things today, um, and I appreciate you all watching live. And I hope that Facebook is actually live because it doesn't seem that way, but maybe it is Um, People who are watching can obviously tune in and and check out and maybe leave me a comment if you can hear me and everything's good Um, That'll always be a good first step So let's start with the most obvious thing. So you know what happens is I will do a in-depth research on a variety of different topics and try to find out what's gonna happen next. Um, That's my obsession, and I feel like for those of you watching or listening to the podcast, it's your obsession as well, you know, to learn more about the world and how the world really works and uh, what's gonna come next. And so, as I mentioned, um, I knew that the World Economic Forum, uh, these are people that basically they're corporatists and globalists, that's what they call themselves. Um, They usually meet um, at places called the Davos Group. They have the Davos Agenda as well, Um, That's in uh, Switzerland. Davos, Switzerland is what it's it's the meeting place. Um, If you don't know, actually, um, the country of Switzerland was neutral during World War II. although they were in the middle of some of the most intense hostilities. uh, Somehow they were unharmed. And the reason for that is because the country of Switzerland has become the financial capital of the world. It is where the International Monetary Fund is and a large portion of the World Bank. They're all housed there in Switzerland. So Um, you know, when they started to announce that they were going to move on from COVID, uh, there were various reasons for that. They generally do have this consensus over there that governments were no longer to be trusted and that the media was losing its grasp on influence, which, believe it or not, um, these corporatists and these globalist types they still have their full control over media. This is why they went about censoring in a big way, of course. It started with somebody like an Alex Jones, and now it's moved on to literally anybody on YouTube or whatever, as well as you know Joe Rogan and some of these large names. And so while they're censoring and trying to control various portions of social media and the internet, there's also this sense that they've invested so much money in CNN and Fox and MSNBC and NBC and ABC that... That money they want to not just get a return on investment in terms of media, which the return on investment in the practical sense is like ad revenue. So that's how they make their money, right? If Kia does a commercial on ABC, you know, they're gonna spend some odd, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not sometimes millions of dollars, depending on the show, depending on the time, things like that. So ad agencies are how they, the media companies, make their money in a practical sense. But what's most important to globalist corporatist types. Is that they have influence over your mind using the media? And by the way, the media has transitioned a little bit. You know, it's if you open Snapchat today, for example, and you go through these various random sort of um, shows or subscriptions or whatever, and they claim that they're giving you news, just like SNL, Saturday Night Live. It, you know, claims that it's it's news, but it's all you know satire and and it's parody basically. But they implement their agenda or their narrative i would say through these various means that includes yes snapchat and uh you know not just bloomberg but the huffington post and these smaller sort of uh millennial style millennial run you know media agencies that show up at the top of google when you're looking things up and it is based off of age so they have you down to where You know, the things that you're watching on Netflix or Prime or whatever, you know, there are narratives being displayed through these various shows, through these various forms of media and entertainment. Uh, This includes, of course, sports entertainment as well. So when I say media and the various levels of influence they have, I am referring to every level of media. And the things that artificially go viral on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, you know, like things that are trending and all that, some of that is also. created or established through various means. They want you to think about certain things, right? And so that's what I wanted to mention at first. So when when they were transitioning away from this, it was the bigger reason was because they felt that they had lost their influence on the public. They really felt that the public was losing uh, their trust in not just media, but also government institutions and overall the institutions of power. So they had to shift that energy. And so now I don't want to just come to you with all this sort of negative news, um, but I will say that it's hard to navigate the world of news today because things seem to be getting worse and worse and worse unless you're listening to podcasts like this and you may know what's going to happen in the future or you are into these uh, various topics so that you can learn how to prepare and how to situate yourself better so that you aren't impacted so harshly on these various things. Um, And so, you know, I just wanted to mention that up front and and recognize that this is why we follow the news. This is why in this podcast we go over these various issues because we want to cover the reality of the situation. We want to cover all these things because at the end of the day, you know, the moving forward, um, we have to consist of... the the types of agendas that are being implemented that we're we're not necessarily uh, in cahoots with, you know? And so if we can get ahead of it, then we know how to prepare for it. So we'll start off with, um, I I just noticed my Facebook live video like ended. So I'm actually gonna go live again. So let's see if I can do that really quick. This is just like technical difficulties on the podcast. But that way, if I go live on Facebook, hopefully more people will be reached. Um, Let me see that real quick. Just got to make sure guys, because otherwise, um, the recording itself will actually die on me or it it will actually stop. So let me do that. I know for those of you on Instagram, you're just watching, but this is the kind of stuff I have to deal with when I'm actually recording the podcast. So, okay. So we'll bring Facebook back in here. Hopefully it'll actually go live this time. There was technical difficulties here and making sure everybody's check. Okay, so moving on, the first thing I wanna talk about is this, the gas prices. Um, so my whole point navigating to this is for you guys to see um, how, do, how do we get to this, right? Um, you know, where the average person gets sort of, they get hit with these issues is when they see it affecting their pocketbook directly. And the way that that's going to happen is something like a gas prices or some people, not all I could tell, but some people did notice their grocery bill was increasing. And, you know, again, the uh, I would say the corporatists in this sense, the media, they always want to blame a crisis for certain things. And while crisis do affect uh, various issues, especially pricing of goods and things like that, supplies, whatever, um, a lot of it was artificially done. You know, and so just like what I'm going to explain with these gas prices. So, I wrote down some notes here that I wanted to read for you guys about gas in particular. And so let's we're going to cover what petroleum really is, and gasoline, and actually how significant it is, and how we've been lied to about gasoline in general. Okay. So number one is that there has been a war on conventional energy, uh, not because of a desire to protect the Earth from climate change, uh, but really for stopping transportation freedom, and the economic stability of Western nations. That is the purpose for the destruction of energy. It has nothing to do with saving the environment. If you still believe that, then you're a yo-ho. You're just somebody who wants to believe that, you know, these elites in a a way uh, have your best interests at heart. The concept behind destroying the energy sector... Uh, was never to replace it with renewable energy, but instead to cut off the first world countries from having the ability to have cheap, affordable energy. Energy is the biggest reason why the first world is so successful. Cheap energy is the way to have everyone out of poverty. It has enhanced our everyday lives, and the globalists don't want that for us. I'm explain why. They want to inconvenience our livelihood by cutting us off this energy supply and convincing us that it's for our own benefit. So, you know, how do we know that, you know, this idea of energy, uh, renewable energy, isn't to save the world or it's it's not to help, you know, help us in any other way, shape or form. The reason why we know that, okay, is that, let's see, hold on a second. Okay, whatever. Sorry, I just got a message from Facebook about... Whoever's watching on Facebook, you guys comment and let me know if you're actually seeing me or not because otherwise I'm just going to have to get rid of that. Um, so let's talk about it. The idea that they being sort of the corporatists, let's t- let's just say Shell and ex- ExxonMobil, right? Um, and these various petroleum giants. The idea that they are trying to transition to be en- environmentally friendly Uh, There was this article out there by the Toyota CEO who explained this very well, how electric cars in general, they're more expensive to make. They cost energy. They look like when you make something, it costs energy. It costs more energy to actually make this car. Um, And then the prices are, it's just an overpriced vehicle as well. The EVs out there, electric electric vehicles. And um, he explains that I mean, you're using just as much carbon and you're using coal to power those various cars. And so we're going to get to that later. But the idea is it's never been to transition people into um, this renewable energy type of utopian thing. It's never been like that. It's always been to consolidate power. Uh, and to use that same mechanism as sort of an authoritarian way to let people know that they're going to control the levels of energy they have. They're going to have a m- monitor on their energy usage, right? And then we've talked about carbon credits on this podcast as well. What does that even look like, having carbon credits? You know, every, every purchase you make online, everything you do, everywhere you go, at the fuel pump, wherever you're at, you will be paying this, this, this carbon tax because you as a human you know, you have this carbon output and carbon is somehow bad. When we know that carbon, CO2 carbon uh, is good for the atmosphere and we are actually in a low carbon world. We are actually in a low carbon world, which basically means that we need more carbon to offset a lot of the lower carbon that we've been dealing with. We need more carbon dioxide in the air because we need more plants to grow. We have to uh, naturally create that, that ecosystem so that The earth can rebalance itself. And actually, I will say even further, there's a group of scientists that are pro-carbon dioxide in general. Uh, They actually have all these policies based off of pro-carbon or to carbonize a lot of the world. Again, they want to establish that, that carbon to be back in the atmosphere so that the plants... which breathe in carbon, by the way. Remember, they take in carbon dioxide and they breathe out oxygen. Um, They actually want more carbon in the air and that we should be actually putting more carbon in the air, not grabbing it from the air like these various technology companies are trying to do and somehow storing the carbon underground and sucking it out of the atmosphere. I mean, there are actual programs and, and, and products and services that are being made right now that are going to take the carbon dioxide that's in the air right now and is going to store it underground and suck it out of the atmosphere. Do you realize how retarded that actually sounds to somebody who actually knows what's going on? It's it's That alone is a depopulation agenda when you really think about it because it's going to destroy our food supply. And we're actually going to get to our food supply here in a moment as well. So let's move on. Uh, you, you can see this uh, this can be seen really with the European, especially German and American politicians imposing policies that cut off our energy sector. Okay? Uh, it is a formal act of war. This is really important. It's a formal act of war because of our energy is a form of national security. But just like the COVID vaccines, the media, entertainment industry, and politicians spend billions to convince the public that this act of war is for our benefit. It's a lie. Because we know electric cars, for example, are much more costly and use coal as a form of energy, which will also soon be cut off. Yes, they're cutting off our coal as well. So even if you have an electrical car, you're not going to have access to electricity because they're trying to get rid of everybody. They're trying to get rid of all of these these various means of electrical output and energy. So just because you have a Tesla, you think you're winning. You're actually overpaying for that. And you're about to be screwed by the prices of electricity, okay? And no, solar is not going to save you. may offset some of this devastation, but at the end of the day, you cannot just shut off all these various means of production, all these various means of energy, okay? We also know the idea of clean energy is not the goal because of the assault on nuclear power as well. Nuclear power is perhaps the cleanest form of energy and the most abundant. Yet politicians are suspending licenses for nuclear power plants. Germany has completely gotten rid of all of their nuclear power plants, for example. And nuclear, although there's been like, you know, Chernobyl and then Fukushima, these are various, these are randomized accidents in nuclear power plants and things like that that have happened that have destabilized, you know, what is it? 100, 100, 200 mile radiuses. So yes, it's an absolute issue. There's always risk to everything, but ultimately... Nuclear, there's nuclear power plants all over the U.S., by the way, and all over the world. Nuclear is the cleanest form of energy. All it is is taking uranium and really putting it into a chemical equation and growing it with water and these vapid sort of vats or vats of different um, elements of control, a controlled sort of implosion that is created over and over and over again that then generates electricity and it's like this endless amount of electricity this is like this is like einstein's you know total like amazing invention that we are that this nuclear power the nuclear theory the whole the whole chemical equation of it all this is the way we get out of it right this is the way we can provide electricity all over the world i mean we could do it we could set this kind of thing up all over the world so really i think Nuclear power is. People are going to start turning to nuclear power more and more and more. And uh, for example, there are. Cert- I can get into this later, but there are certain nuclear power stocks. If you're interested in actually investing, the stocks themselves have been going down and down and down because you know all these. Po- literally, totally made up. This is a, this is a perfect example. Government policies are put in to try to restrict a really good thing that could actually save the world, essentially in terms of energy, the energy crisis, right? And so you have government making up these various ideas to stop a nuclear power plant from growing, right? Um, but what's gonna end up happening is a reversal, very quickly, a reversal of a political ideology to shift into more favorable towards nuclear power will increase the stock and the value of nuclear power companies. Because of course, they're gonna be building more and having more you know, um, money to provide, blah, blah, blah. The point is, is that, We have all of this in front of us, but that's how we know that it's never about saving the environment. It has always been about restricting the human being from being able to have access to various different levels of abundance. And that is what we're dealing with today. You know, they don't want us to be able to travel. They want us to be into an economic recession and there's reasons for that, okay? And, uh, look, I mean, this is, I, I can get to it right now. Look, it's just, it's the, it is this great reset and a lot of people are talking about it and not a lot of people actually know about the international monetary fund, the world bank, the fiat currency system, and the way in which they have funded either both sides of wars or they have funded third world countries. And they've gotten the, the access to all these resources and set up companies and shell companies there and use politicians and paid off politicians to build those companies. People don't realize the various levels of, of this of this World Economic Forum or these sort of these policies of what they call the Great Reset. But there are people, there are the corporatists, there are the Wall Street types who want control and they want to, you know, be able, they, they are the beneficiary of various levels of color revolutions all over the world where uh, new government, puppet governments are installed just like in Ukraine, just like in Iraq and Iran. But that was overthrown by by, you know, the... Theocracy they have over there, Um, and the same thing in Panama, which we've done there as well, just to get the Panama Canal Canal built. Um, And there's so many countries that we have sort of trying to overthrow and put in puppet governments, right? And you look at Venezuela, same thing, but it's a Chinese-backed, Russian-backed overthrow, right, with communism, socialism as as an ideology. And so where you have these. These various different banks funding the overthrow and therefore funding various companies to come in there to take control of natural resources in these countries. You have those level, those corporatist types that are the beneficiary of these policies. But what you ultimately have is also the The globalists above them, who are the bankers essentially, the people in real control, real power over the fiat money world, the fiat system that we exist in, the matrix, if you will those people have their own sort of occult level, spiritual level agenda. That agenda consists of depopulation, that agenda consists of hurting people, harming people, you know, going to war with people. That is the idea that we are realizing now more and more is that. There's corporatist types. They they exist to make a profit. They are they exist to create monopolies around the world. They exist to benefit from government policies. And I would say, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like corporate fascism, where they use government to make money in a corporate world or capitalistic way. But it's not really capitalist because it's not free market. It's it's government run aristocracy is what it is. A an, an autocratic corporate merger between government and corporations. That's what it really is. And so while the corporate types are thinking they're benefiting, they're actually realizing more and more that they are going to be burned in the end. Because when, for example, like if you have all these people vaccinated, just as one example, there are going to be various health issues that That are gonna be having to be paid for by either various governments that are government-run healthcare, for example, or by health insurance companies. And then at the end of their life, once they die from, let's say, the vaccine and and the various injuries it's causing them and the, the debilitation and the destruction of their organ systems, once what once that is once they die, then what we we would consider these life insurance companies would be covering these costs. The life insurance companies are covering the death bill once people die, they are paid out a huge amount of lump sum of money. And so if a bunch of people die prematurely, and these algorithms that these life insurance companies, as I mentioned in my last podcast, what happens is these people are going to eat up that bill. And they weren't necessarily in the know, right? They weren't in, in on the plan. They don't, they, if you told them this entire plan, the entire thing from A to Z, they would realize that, at about maybe about WXYZ around that area of the plan, they get fucked over, right? It's kind of like the Joker who goes in and robs the place. I'm sure the way it was the very beginning of Batman uh, Dark Knight, right? Where he goes in and and you just have this this scene where there's a bank and uh, the Joker and all these other guys are there and they're robbing the place. And then one after another, these guys start killing each other they're like, okay, now that we've got the money, I'm going to kill this guy. And then he kills one guy. And then another guy kills another guy. And then soon, you know, the one guy's on the ground and he's, he's injured. And then the Joker sticks this little gas tear gas thing in there. And then the the guy, before he says, before he sticks the the tear gas in his mouth, the guy says, Hey man, you know, the guy who told you to do this, he's going to just kill you too. It's like the way the mafia works. There's no, there's no honor amongst thieves, as they say. And so the Joker just sits there and takes off his masks, and he's, of course, the, he's the, he's the kingpin, right? He's the one who organized the whole thing, and he's the one who essentially, because of his psychopathic nature, he's going to kill everybody anyways, and he's got all this money because that's just what he is. That's all he had to do, and he had killed everybody along the way. And if those guys in the planning phase of, oh, we're going to take over, we're going to make all this money, we're going to profit, right? Imagine that these pharmaceutical companies, they're thinking short-term, oh my gosh, Pfizer and Moderna, you know, and Bill Gates backed all these companies, whatever, all these investors, they're all, you know, stockholders and shareholders. Uh, They're all going to say, oh my gosh, we're going to make so much money. This is like insider trading shit. We've got Congress, you know, investing in these various companies. Well, guess what? Now that this is all over, those uh, Pfizer, uh, because Pfizer, well, wait, was it Moderna? Moderna is probably going to go to zero. Because Moderna was still a brand-new pharmaceutical company, and they just banked completely on this vaccine, this mRNA vaccine idea. Pfizer, on the other hand, is a, is a larger pharmaceutical company, offers other pharmaceutical products, right? So they're not necessarily going to be bankrupt, but watch this. Those big fucking companies are going to eventually go bankrupt because of the scam they just pulled on everybody and all the lawsuits that are gonna happen because it's not gonna happen based off of injury and things like that. What's gonna happen is you're gonna have lawsuits that are gonna destroy the company because of the way in which they did faulty testing, which is a whole nother genre of legal. And so you may not be able to sue them because they have liability protection uh, because you know, your daughter died or somebody, you know, died or whatever, you're not gonna be able to sue them for that. But what you can sue them over and which a lot of various, I think governments, by the way, and I've said this, if you go to my podcast a while back, I said, uh, there was a, a podcast. I, I think I titled it, or I can't remember what it was titled exactly, but I, I mentioned in there, what other countries think of our vaccine. And I explain how other governments have been skeptical of receiving an American product made in America. And it's supposed to be according to the, you know, uh, the world, uh, oh my gosh, well the United Nations, the, the, the world health organization, right? According to the world health organization, every single citizen in my country of Thailand or, you know, various nations, I have to be injected with this MRNA Moderna shot, Right. Well, what's going to happen is these governments are going to form these large lawsuits against Moderna, not necessarily um, individual entities, but they're going to be these conglomerates, I think, that are going to eventually collapse these stocks. And you already see that with Wall Street. Wall Street is trying to collapse these stocks because they feel that they were fucked over. So they're all shorting these stocks and they're, they're manipulating the stock in Moderna and Pfizer right now to collapse the stock over time. So guess what? The globalists had a plan to inject everybody with this mRNA shot, and then Pfizer and Moderna, they're like, oh, we'll be the guys benefiting from all this money coming in, and we're already running scams all over the place already as it is. Pharmaceutical companies in general are so corrupt, right? They don't even heal you. They always use manipulated chemicals to make new products, right? So think about that level of corruption. They say, oh my gosh, we're going to make so much money, right? And so that's why you have somebody like a Moderna CEO. He sees the writing on the wall. What does he do three weeks ago before this whole war broke out? He freaking tuck and ran. He got all his shares, all the multiple millions of dollars of shares, and he just sold all of it and, and exited. Isn't that insane? Because of Because he knew what was about to happen. And that's what we have to understand here, okay? It is the oil companies. It is the, um, even the media companies. It is all these different levels, these different companies and these corporatists that are realizing at the end of the day, they're getting screwed. And because they're getting screwed, they're starting to turn on the globalist factions. So I believe that what you're seeing is a war between corporate Wall Street types and globalists. And these are the power structures. And then you're seeing other power structures merging like the Russian uh, idea of the world as well, which is this invasion of Ukraine and sort of this, um, this uh, hegemony of Russia trying to regain some level of control because they weren't listened to and things like that. And then you have this Chinese control system as well. And so these various different powers around the world have their own idea of what they want to do, you know? And so uh, you have globalists and the bankers, and then you have these corporate types, uh, you have, Russia and you have the Chinese and now you have the Russians and Chinese that are coming to an agreement with each other but ultimately they don't trust each other either they've had issues so what's happening is these various different power tables are being shifted and we are just the and the we are products of our own environment so that's what we're really experiencing right now is we're watching these world these uh world powers you know go into shifting in these different ways and so if we can get the corporate types to understand that they were fucked over that at the end of the day just like joker killed everybody in that bank before he robbed the whole bank and stole all the money and took all the money for himself just like that, the psychopathic nature of the Joker, that is the globalist. They are warring everybody against each other and they're trying to destroy everybody. But at the end of the day, they're the ones with the bag and they end up with all the money or what you would say power or whatever they want to call it, spiritual occult level thinking where they're going to kill everybody. And that's kind of their goal, right? They they write about it and it, it's very clear. So going back, you know, the, uh, the high gas prices, going back to that, uh, uh, this move to a Electric cars. Okay, it also benefits communist China, which controls ninety percent of the markets of many rare earth minerals used in the production of electric vehicles. So I'm just going back to this electric vehicle concept, as in that that's some kind of you know uh, savior. Uh, In particular, I will say that Taiwan has the most electrical components to export to the U.S. So Taiwan has all the smart chips so they take all these rare earth minerals and they actually manufacture them into smart chips and those smart chips are in your computer they're in your car they're in your truck they're in these various appliances they're in your yeah they're in your washer dryer i mean these chips are the electrical components that run the various systems that we all use okay so i'm just giving you that example like we are existing in a world full of rare earth minerals, and but yet we don't produce them. So again, it's the same thing of, oh, we're blaming Russia for you know all this stuff and we're buying all the oil from them when we have access to oil and we also have access to rare earth minerals. But it is the environmentalist groups that consistently cut off our energy supply, manipulate it to think that that's what we should do. And now we know based off of even what Hillary Clinton has, be, has said, and I've got that article with emails from WikiLeaks right here, Hillary Clinton emails, stating themselves exactly the truth, the truth of the matter, which was that Russian uh, ha- Russian forces, or I guess you could say spies or networks were infiltrating environmentalist groups to convince these various politicians and these millennial types that somehow cutting off our coal, cutting off our nuclear and cutting off our oil supply that we have right here in this country, plenty of would somehow benefit us into this utopian world of electrical cars and this utopian world of basically shutting down all of our energy. And so that we know now, okay, if you don't want to be a Russian stooge, okay, you basically don't want to cut off our energy supply. So let's not be naive, okay? Let's move into the the real world. And the real world is that You have been manipulated to believe that there's this thing called climate change and that somehow carbon dioxide is affecting the atmosphere, even though we're in low carbon output right now in general, that somehow that is hurting the earth and warming the earth and is changing the weather and is going to destroy the earth. That is a total lie. And everyone just needs to move on past it now. We need to be, we need to realize just like COVID killing everybody was a lie and just like the vaccines were going to save us was a lie. We're actually lucky and blessed to know how much of a scam that was so early on. I do believe that the climate change idea and these various things about environmentalism that have been falsified over time to manipulate millennials to think that what they're doing is saving the earth by buying a Tesla. When in fact, they're just producing more coal. They're getting more money for coal companies. And then while we shut down the coal companies, what are you gonna get solar? Like again, all this technology just isn't there. You don't burn your house down before building a new one. And so while we're still on petroleum, we have plenty of it, by the way. I think we have about 10,000 years left of petroleum to use it at the rate we're using it. A lot of people argue different, different amount of years, but it's about 10,000 years left of petroleum, okay? I know it's not fossil fuels, by the way, Petroleum and these and oil is not made from dinosaur bones, so we're not running out of it anytime soon. This idea as well has been a lie, that, that we're somehow just using a resource that's going to disappear. No, oil is being made all the time, and there's plenty of it, 10,000 years worth. Again, that's an estimation, so you can argue about how long we have. Do we have 10,000, 20,000 years left of oil? Do we have... 4000 years left of oil. I don't know, but we have fath millennial millennia of is that all right? Yeah, millennia, multiple millennia of oil supply. So let's not complain and bitch about oil if it's it's if it's doing the job. Yes, should we move to various different levels of energy? Zero point energy? Should we move to Tesla, like the real Tesla type of energy, electricity? Should we move into nuclear? Should we move into these various different sectors and, and expand our energy supply? fucking absolutely. I'm a biggest fan of that. I believe in free market capitalism. I don't believe that oil oligarchies should be making all the money in the world forever. That is not the point here. But what we have to realize is we must use the the energy we already have. And a lot of conservative types out there following these different pages, they're 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 saying what's the, the same the, the quiet part out loud, which is obvious. The United States has plenty of oil. We know that because of what Trump did by giving us all this, giving us all this oil, giving us connection to the oil and being able to, hey, just get what it is, is it's leases, leases on these various um, oil companies to drill These are, these are leases that come from the government that say, Hey, it's, you have been approved to build this pipeline or to drill this oil in this sector or whatever. And so all these gas leases have, have, have halted since Biden has took office. And again, to blame Biden for everything is, it's just kind of like, it's a joke. You know, you see those stickers out there of like, you know, I did this right. And it's Biden pointing at the gas price or whatever. That's kind of just, again, it's just promoting a narrative. That the globalists want you to believe, which is somehow that Biden is to blame for these various problems that you that with the with the energy market, when really that's just not exactly the truth. What 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 we're seeing really is the globalist factions have really weaponized these various environmentalist groups and policymakers in Congress, Senate and of course in our executive branch. I mean, look at our energy sector. Look at our look at who's the head of our Department of Energy. Just look at who that is, okay? So these people are all manipulated to believe that that's what we're doing. And so it's not Biden's to blame. It's these various globalist factions that are to blame for the belief system that is ingrained in all of our politicians that somehow we need to wean off oil. No, that actually is not true. We don't need to do that. That's a total lie. It is just like the same the same red herring this panic around, we all need to be vaccinated immediately. And anyone who isn't vaccinated is going to be a criminal and they're going to make the electrical car thing. If you don't have an electrical car, they're going to make you a criminal. If you drive a diesel truck, you're going to be a criminal. And the way they're doing that is with this carbon tax system, they're going to start implementing. So they're really going to start. And that, you hear this first, hear this now and know that this is coming. Because of the rise in gas prices and all these various things, what they're going to start to do is they're going to start to criminalize gas car users. They're going to start penalizing them and they're going to make them like the unvaccinated. Anyone who's using gasoline is considered the unvaxxed. They are going to be the new people that are discriminated against. That is what's going to be coming next is this level of division between good-hearted people who really think that they're doing good in the world by trying to put us on what they think is environmentally friendly energy and other people who are just normal people who want to just live their lives and buy whatever the fuck they want to buy and just do what they can. And guess what? Doing so in a country that is rich in that particular resource that is being used in all of these various cars, okay? Plenty of oil, as I mentioned. So there's this this wedge that's going to be forced in between these people, that is the next shoe to drop. That next shoe is basically this idea, this concept that, oh, you're driving a gas car, you're less than, you know, you're gonna be penalized, you're gonna be taxed, you're gonna be dealing with all these various issues. So to give you an idea of other ways that, um, this is going to hurt people is that everything is transported using diesel fuel, right? Uh, that includes everything from milk to building materials. Think of that spectrum. Okay. Milk to building materials. I mean, like everything, iron, steel, all these levels of things that are building your home, build everything to your groceries every single day, your appliances, uh, your, the services, even in many cases that are brought to you, the machines, all this stuff, that is all transported using diesel fuel. The truckers who are paid to transport these goods will be calculating that price into the goods they are transporting, which basically means that when they pay for their gasoline to fill up their truck, and it's $1,000, as you've been seeing on some of these vir- uh, viral videos going around, what's gonna happen is those trucks, full of those that gas, they don't, just, they don't pay for that they calculate that payment inside of the goods they're transporting, which means that they're going to price each good. They're going to divide it all price each good based off of how much it costs to get to these various places. And so based on that price, you're going to start seeing everything rise because everything is brought to you by gasoline. And so remember overall that this is done intentionally. There is no reason outside of authoritarian control and fulfilling globalist agendas, in cutting off the first world countries from cheap energy. Everything you've been told about protecting the environment is a lie, just like our media and government telling us that shutting down our businesses and taking an experimental pharmaceutical poison was for our health and safety. Never forget that. Moving on. Let's look at the U.S. Consumer Price Index. Okay. Okay. So I'm reading from the zero hedge that uh, with the Biden administration already setting the narrative yesterday, that today's inflation print could be high and expectations for a headline print of 7.9%. That means that if you had, if you, if you saved a thousand dollars last month, that in year to date, you would be losing 7%. Okay. In, in, in the value of that amount of money that you saved. So I want you to think about that. You're losing money by saving it. Okay. Because of our government, but because of not because of this war and not because of COVID, but because the government has chosen to do policies that are going to hurt the dollar. So if you guys can see this, okay, this is the 21st straight month of non transitory as they say increases in consumer prices, so the 20, 21 months straight of rising consumer prices, okay? With energy dominating the recent surge. So I'm gonna show you guys, I mean, you can't see this graph here, but energy is uh, back in 2020 when Trump was in office, energy was going down. Uh, there were some levels of increase in 2017, but after 2018, energy prices were going lower, guys. So in 2019, energy and goods and food and all these things, they were going down in an in increase. Like, so there's an increase always because of inflation and various other things, but they are, they were lower than before. And in 2020, if you guys remember with the pandemic and everything, everything was plummeted to a record low. If you remember, even gasoline prices hit a new low. Now, not a record low because gas used to be, you know, pennies, right? A gallon. And so it went so low, I'm looking at this chart right now, it went so low that it was unbelievable and that was all of us saving money on these these various commodities like energy. And so now what we're witnessing from 2021 to 2022 now is the price of energy, food, goods, services, everything is just exploding even higher, okay? And when you look at charts like this and you're seeing this up and down motion and then boom, all the way up, okay? What that tells you is that everything from let's see, food, food at home, food away from home, so that's out to eat. I'm, I'm list up. Uh, there's a list of things that are going up in prices, energy commodities, gasoline, fuel oil, energy services, electricity, utility gases, all items, commodities, less food and energy commodities, new vehicles, used cars, apparel, medical care. Um, in, in terms of services, shelter, transportation services, medical care services, so there's various levels of commodities that are increasing in price. And so when you see stuff like this, what you're gonna what you're gonna notice is that we are heading for an economic recession. Okay, what this basically means is that if we don't dramatically change the direction in the course of action, then we will soon be in an economic recession. And this recession will weaken your pocketbook and buying power. As of right now, you are noticeably seeing everything when it comes to gas prices, when it comes to the grocery store shelves, all this stuff. And remember, there's all these agendas being fulfilled here. Uh, The first thing I can think about is this idea of having less, right, Um, which is you'll own nothing, you'll be happy, this kind of thing. When you start to get the, it's going to, it's going to create a level of scarcity. So when you start, remember when you were seeing less and less toilet paper at the Costco you were going to, or you were seeing less and less toilet paper at the grocery store, it made you think of toilet paper as some kind of scarcity, right? And, and every time you did see it, it was like you needed to buy it, right? Like you needed to get it because you were desperate that it would run out one day. It put fear in your heart of your Charmin Ultrasoft that you wouldn't be able to get it again. And so it's that level of panic that is going to be consistent with all of these various commodities, electricity, energy, the price of goods, all these things are going to go higher and higher and higher. And they're going to just blame war and all this stuff. But in reality, it's what it's, what it's achieving. The first thing I think of is scarcity. You're going to get used to having less. You're going to go to the grocery store and get less. You're going to go to the uh, the appliance store. You're going to get less. You're going to go to um, the clothing store. And you're going to realize that even the options to pick out clothes, it's just less and less and less. And everything is going to be less. And it's going to get used to you being like as if you, you don't live in a first world country anymore. And again... Or do we feel bad for third world countries? Do we see uh, our nation as a consuming nation? Do we see us as over consumers and like shopaholics and things like that? Do we need everything we buy? No, 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 absolutely not. No and no and no. I agree that the fact that we are a consumer society that just can't get enough. I get that. But while at the same time, our forefathers, okay, our ancestors from this country who have fought and died for various different reasons, to battle, to protect those levels of freedom, that level of what I would say is prosperity, they matter and they fought for that. And these third world countries and other places in the world, they weren't able to get it. And part by, I would say over the last 200 years has been because of this colonialism, but in the form of corporate fascism. And that corporate fascism being, like I mentioned earlier, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, again, going into these countries, funding them, and then robbing them blind by taking their natural resources and defaulting them on their loans and taking control of their governments and taking control of uh, their various systems that put in their infrastructure and all of these different things, all by bribes and different payoffs and things like that. Look at Hunter Biden and 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 Joe Biden and and these politicians who are going into countries and just like vultures just picking up what they can and ruining the place, right? I mean, this is what is – that is what is the result of what you're seeing in Ukraine, for example. So just realize that this level of destruction is what we're experiencing now. And so it's going to get used to scarcity and then achieves that goal of getting people used to less. and So at the end of the day, we are in a first world country and our ancestors fought to create prosperity that we have never seen in the world. We have created prosperity, and not only that, but by Americans in this country, by lifting us up and having prosperity, cheap energy, which is a great way to, to get out of poverty, by the way. So having all of these various different things that we've had for decades and decades, okay, uh, now over a century or more, what we, what has existed is that it has lifted the world up because we in America have the ability to buy products and services from other countries, or when we're so wealthy here, we're able to travel to other nations and help other nations. You know, America spends billions of dollars helping other countries, helping to develop. Not the International Monetary Fund. I'm talking about charitable, real charities, real money, real wealthy people. The average sort of upper middle class people who are or, or upper class. wealthy class people they actually do help the world whether that means they're hiring them giving them job opportunities uh and and what sucks about our uh, exporting our jobs is we're taking manufacturing we're building stuff in mexico we're building stuff in different countries and they ship it back over here so yes those are all real issues uh in terms of like going and exploiting the third world but also we send a lot of money there we we're always funding them and we're always pouring money into the pockets of these people who are desperately poor And a lot of these people who are desperately poor, they don't even see themselves as desperately poor. A lot of people in these third world countries, they just exist there and they live there in harmony with nature, in harmony with their communities. And they seem to be very happy with their lives the way it is. Of course, can they have more prosperity? Have some of them immigrated out of there to come to America, come to Western nations to grow and to earn more and to achieve more? Absolutely. But there are billions, by the way, billions of people who will never be able to escape their current situation And the best thing we could do for them is to help them where they are, not try and to take everybody in or, or anything like that. We, all we can do here in this country is to export good ideas, to export wealth and ability, and the ability for them to grow their country. And if they can do that, anybody can do that because the third world is not poor. The third world is rich, rich in resources, rich in manpower, rich in every way and sense of the word of rich. They have the same levels of resources and things that America has, but they just don't have systems of government that would provide that prosperity, that protect their freedoms. And they don't have things like that where we have those things. And that's the only reason that we're successful. There's this thin line, this veil that exists in America that keeps us going. There's this like, it's so thin. I'm telling you guys, this the civilization that we live in, the foundation of it is so thin that it could collapse at any time art whether it's artificially or whether it's indirectly or or directly whatever it is it could collapse and that's what we're experiencing now we're, we're experiencing this artificial by the way again the gas prices all this stuff the increase of price in the consumer price index nothing to do with it remember you may hate him but that trump guy in office before he he understood the way our economy worked and he exported oil. We were making money. We were a country that was having good trade deals and we were making money that way. And he was pouring money into the U S treasury. And so that way we didn't have to tax all the citizens. And we had to brought prosperity back. It's so simple. It is so simple to reverse these policies. It is our government that is creating artificial scarcity. And so with that in mind, you know we're bending artificially, bending. The government is bending this 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 very fragile foundation that develops our civilization. The way it is, we are just like bending at it, and it is about to snap. Okay, that's where we're at at this point, and that is what they ultimately want: globalist powers, things like that. I've read through their documents. There have they have these very eloquent books explaining what they what's going to happen and what, what they see in the future. And I mean, this is the kind of life we're living in now. So I want you guys to understand that. And so, yeah, um, you, the, the recession, you know, really what it is, is it, it'll be an opportunity. I will say though, okay. For people who have not yet accumulated debt. Uh, so if you are sort of debt free, let's say you, what's going to happen is, people are going to get desperate with the price increase on every level in these various areas of the world and in these various areas of industry, we are going to experience a, I would say a collapse where people are gonna get desperate to try to downsize and minimize their expenses. And the two biggest ways to downsize and minimize your expenses is to sell your car and get a cheaper car or B would be to sell your house and to buy a cheaper house or to rent a place for cheaper. I want you to think about that when people are desperate and they become jobless and prices of everything are higher and it's too expensive to live based on their current salary which is not going up by the way it's actually going down and it's not that we need a it's not that we need a wage increase implemented by the government by the way we don't need that okay that's not going to help anything a forced wage increase is not going to help what naturally helps is when you have economic prosperity and you get to naturally increase wages because jobs are so filled up in a way that they need people employed because so many people are unemployed. It, it makes it to where it's easier to employ people because you know they're offering you know anything to anybody, okay. And so I'm telling you right now, if you do not have any debt, if you don't have you know the uh, you don't have expenses the way other people have, I'm telling you it's an opportunity because people are going to start selling their houses, people are going to start selling their cars, and uh, I, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but the rich the way they think is they're going to go and accumulate these various properties and land and uh, consumer goods and things like that for cheaper when everybody goes and sells their stuff. So I'm telling you right now, this could be a huge opportunity. For people who who did not have a house during the economic recession of 2008, they bought houses for super cheap because they were able to, because they waited. And I'm telling you right now, if you bide your time, you're gonna be able to benefit from the possibility of this craziness that could happen.